when we treat happiness as a skill and when we create that habit of practicing happiness, five minutes a day is really enough. If we do one thing every day to cultivate that skill, to cultivate our happiness, the impact eventually will become very, very big. Welcome to our series entitled The I Am Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello and what's up, everyone? It has been a while. This is Del Raya, your host on I Am Podcast for Startups, where we feature startup founders and entrepreneurs, and they talk about the journey, their latest innovation, and some life lessons. Okay, I, I am so excited. Uh, what a nice way to cap off this year with this episode. A good reminder. Um, today, I have the pleasure of chatting with a co-founder and the CEO of Happy Things, Talia Sewen. Hey, Talia. Hi, how are you? I am happy. Okay, today, I'm sure I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> yes, intentionally happy, right? How about you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, it's been a difficult time the last few weeks, but we're doing good. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, that's why somehow I love this episode because, yes, it has been crazy, right? And um, it's a good reminder that we can practice it. Or Okay, let me ask you this question. What made you happy today? What's one thing or three things that made you smile today? <laughs> Um, well, that's actually, that's one of the activities on our app. So that's something really good to like practice on. I wouldn't say it has to be on a daily basis, but yes, you know, every few days or on a weekly basis to kind of stop and see, you know, what you're grateful for or what made you happy during the last few days. Um, so yeah, so we do, I'm in Tel Aviv at the moment. We do have, you know, like beautiful weather, not you know, I mean, typical for Tel Aviv, but you know, it's sunny outside. It's kind of nice. Um, my dog has been really cute this morning and, um, my husband is, you know, really supportive and always makes, not always, but most of the times makes me smile. <laughs> well, I love that. And me, well, what, uh, things made me smile. Okay. Participating in, um, a volunteer activity, like giving gifts because we have Christmas. So it's, around the corner so we're like giving gifts for kids and uh, a friend went from a vacation and she gave me something food so happy <laughs> okay so yes give us a brief background like when you go to um tech accelerator programs or uh, conferences how do you usually introduce yourself um, so I, I actually tend to introduce the company more than I introduce myself, but I will um, like give a, a brief background about myself as well. Um, so like you mentioned, I'm Talia. I am the co-founder and CEO of Happy Things, which is a personal happiness assistant, um, a mobile app that helps people practice happiness in just five minutes a day. Um, and Happy Things really is a combination of my two greatest passions. So technology on one side and psychology on the other. Um, on the technology side, I have been working in tech since 2009. 
Um, I started in customer success roles and then moved to product management, um, focusing mainly on um, mobile apps and consumer products. And on the psychology side, it's something that has always interested me. I have a degree in psychology. I was a yoga teacher for a while, and I hold various certifications in coaching and fitness and nutrition. So it's kind of like combining these two things to create this product. Wow, nice combination. I actually saw, yeah. like, I was I was checking out your um, LinkedIn profile, and I actually saw that yoga video. And um, yeah, that's nice. I mean, exercise is not just for the body, right? For the mind. So you created happy things. I want to know, like, take us um, on that moment that you told yourself, I need to build happy things. I mean, were you unhappy? Were you stressed? <laughs> yeah, so happy things really is the product of my own journey. And I say it all the time because I spent most of my life feeling that I wasn't happy enough and constantly searching for ways to live a happier life. And that's also what fueled my interest in this field. This is what drove me to study psychology and to become a yoga teacher and take all those courses, um, because I was on a journey of my own, you know, to find my happiness. And I really tried so many different things. Um, and, you know, probably every app <laughs> that is out there. Um, and then a few years ago, I came across um, the field of positive psychology, specifically in the form of, of a book, Never mind, but I, I started learning more about positive psychology which is a field in psychology that is also known as the science of happiness. And uh, basically, most fields in psychology study the negative or the sick people, the pathologies like mental health issues and, and diseases like um, um, you know, schizophrenia or even lighter things like anxiety or depression. And positive psychology focuses on the, on the good, on the people who are happy, the people who are successful, the people who are flourishing, and tries to understand what can we learn from these people that we can then apply to the general population and help the general population live a happier life. And, you know, it kind of clicked with me because what they, what they found through thousands of studies is that happiness isn't, you know, something external that happens to us. It's not a reward for our achievements, right? There's this way of thinking that I'll work really hard, I'll be successful, and then I'll be yeah. happy. So it, do it doesn't work like that. Um, and, you know, there's also this way of thought of, you know, some people are just happy and some people are just unhappy. Maybe I'm just unhappy. So no. <laughs> um, and what positive psychology shows us is that happiness is much more of a skill, something that we can learn, something that we can practice on a daily basis and really cultivate in our everyday life through really simple daily activities that don't require that much effort. It's just creating that habit um, and, and doing it on a regular basis. And that's really difficult for a lot of people. And that's what I found. Like I found this whole, you know, this whole concept, this whole field of positive psychology. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, so I'll just do this and this and this. And again, very simple things, but you know, life gets so busy and it's really easy to let these things slip and not really 
focus on them. And I was like, okay, there needs to be an app or a tool mm. that helps people practice this skill on a daily basis. Just like, you know, we can practice French with Duolingo or we can practice, you know, other skills with other apps that are out there, but no other app was looking at happiness as a skill and helping people build that habit and teaching them about it as well. Mm, I love that. Oh, you said happiness is not external. It's something we can cultivate. It's something like we can practice. It's not dependent yeah. on the outside, but wow. Okay. Yeah, I always hear that and I always see that happy things approaches happiness as a skill. So can you share with us uh, what are what can we find in your app? What are functionalities or features? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, it's based on thousands of studies in the field of positive psychology. And basically what our app does is translate those studies into a wide variety of very simple daily activities that cover all areas of life. So these activities can be anything from listen to a song that brings up a happy memory, <laughs> uh, give someone a compliment, or like we did earlier, right? Think of three good things that happened today or three things that smiled, that made us smile. Um, and the idea is that when we treat happiness as a skill and when we create that habit of practicing happiness, Five minutes a day is really enough if we do one thing every day to cultivate that skill, to cultivate our happiness, the impact eventually will become very, very big. Um, and we kind of like to think about it as Duolingo, but for happiness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these bite-sized activities, but on a daily basis is what really creates the biggest impact eventually instead of, you know, not doing anything for a year and then having like, uh, you know, a week or two weeks retreat, you know, somewhere nice, which is good. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying <laughs> doing these little bite-sized activities every day will have a much bigger impact eventually. So the idea of the app is that you go in once a day, you get one activity, mm -hmm. um, like I said, from a very wide variety of activities um, in a lot of different, can be relationship building, can be mental mm -hmm. well-being, um, personal growth, stress relief, a lot of different topics, a lot of different activities. And each activity also uh, comes with examples and information on why that is good for you, you know, for the people who kind of want to understand a bit more. And after you complete that activity, you can rate it, you can add it to your favorites, you can write about it, upload images. So you can also really create this your own um, happiness journal oh, so you can revisit your past happy moments and there are badges and you know stuff like that to kind of make it fun and a bit, a bit gamified and to keep people motivated wow okay so you said uh you we can treat it as our personal journal like okay yesterday these are the things i did or um and that keeps a record and then the next day like that and then you can share it yeah. with other users. Can they see what you what you do or what? So at the moment, no. It's a, at the moment it's a personal experience, but we are planning uh, in the future to add like um, either groups where you can practice with your friends or to make it to have some so, sort of like social aspect to it, so you can see what other people are doing. People can maybe add activities that you know help them. 
Um, so that will be added in the future, but at the moment it is more of a, like a personal practice. Yeah. Interesting. Like, okay, what song did you listen to today? Maybe I can also give it a listen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. And, uh, yes. Uh, how do you make it personalized? So example, I log in, I uh, download your, your app. So how, how can you make that experience very customized? Yeah. So that's actually, uh, exactly what we're working on right now. So up until now, we were kind of in this uh, data collection mode. So the app was kind of general um, and you would just get activities at kind of random. Um, and we do collect uh, information about the users like gender, age, you know, stuff, preferences, happiness scores, stuff like that. And we've collected enough data um, now that we've built um, our first database recommendation model. So basically, which we're right now implementing, it will be out in the next few weeks. It's very mm -hmm. exciting. So instead of getting a random activity, you will get uh, an activity that is what our model thinks would be best for you right now. So that would be our first step. And of course, to see that, you know, that works and the recommendations make sense and that people, you know, that it, it has a bigger impact. And then on top of that, what we're planning to do is to also start um integrating with a lot of different um data sources like wearable devices sleep tracking apps the health kit on your mm. phone stuff like that to collect a lot of different information like you know if if we can know where you are and what weather it is you know today so for me it will say hey it's a beautiful day outside take your coffee break outside but if it's raining or snowing you know maybe it will adjust to that uh if we know how you've been sleeping, if we know your level of physical activity, if we know, um, you know, things about uh, women for hormonal levels, stuff like that, we'll be able to create really personalized happiness plans. And on top of that, to really ping you at the right moment and say, hey, we noticed you're maybe a bit stressed or today you're <laughs> tired. So here's the right activity for you here. Take five minutes, do this, you'll feel better. Um, so that's where we're aiming to be. Wow, I love that. Like, there's really a personal happiness assistant. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what that's, you know, how we define ourselves as a personal happiness assistant. Um, and the goal is to really have this companion that kind of goes through life with you and changes as you change. So, you know, on some days you're feeling down on some days you're feeling better. Some years will be, you know, months or years or periods of your life will be more difficult, some will be better. It doesn't make sense to give you the same experience every day. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yes, yes. And yeah, as women, right? Yeah, you're right. We undergo a lot of different stuff, you know, period yeah. pains, emotional stuff, everything. Absolutely. I wonder. Um, so before it was for the general public, but now it's like specialized for women. Um, so that's where we're starting to head with the mm -hmm. app because there are a few things that we've noticed that kind of uh, steered us in that direction. One um, is the fact that about 85% of our users are women. Mm -hmm. um, so it just, it makes sense to look at what women need because they're the majority of our users. And when we started looking at different personalization factors for women, you know, like you said, hormones and what we go through every day or through different, you know, changes of our lives, 
we can't ignore that. We can't disregard it. It has such a big impact on our bodies and our, on our mental health as well. Um, so it became something that we realized had such a big impact and we have to address it. Um, on top of that, we're a team of women. So we experience uh, all, all that, team. you know, <laughs> at the moment we're, you know, we're interviewing some men to join, but yeah, we're, right. we're two female founders and all of our advisors are currently women. Um, so it's really something that, that we experience, you know, for ourselves and we understand that generic solutions just simply aren't good enough because they don't address the unique needs of women and how, you know, our bodies and what we go through on a physical level also impacts our emotions and our mood and our mental well-being. Um, and on top of that, there seems to be a, ver a growing need and a growing interest. So if looking at trends of what women are looking at on TikTok, for example, mm. so if you're going and you're looking at, you know, women's wellness or cycle thinking or hormonal imbalance, things like that, the trends are insane. They're just going up uh, over the last few years. So women are constantly searching for ways to learn more about their bodies and improve their well-being. But on the other side, only 4% of funding is directed to women-focused solutions in the sphere of like behavioral and mental, um, and mental well-being tools. So there's really a very big gap in the market. And obviously it's something that we are very passionate about as well. So it's, it's just like the perfect storm. It was just, okay, this is what we need to focus on right now. Mm, okay. I love that. Like, um, women are more into their well-being but do you know or do you have any data like before um 15 percent men right 85 percent women how do they interact with your app i mean do they always love listening to songs or <laughs> do, you, do you see any trend <laughs> um so we haven't actually um well not recently anyway looked at the differences between the men, like the men and the women, there are differences, especially in what they mark in the beginning as their goals. Because when you sign up for the app, you can say what's important to you. So we have a few things which are uh, improving mood, reducing stress and anxiety, improving relationships, um, improving self-esteem and coping better with negative events. So it's really interesting to see how different population groups um, rate those things. And, you know, things like improved self-esteem are categorically higher among women. But then also when you look at different age groups, you know, it's really interesting to see how the different age groups rate these different goals. So, for example, with our younger groups like teenagers and, you know, 20, 25, um, improving self-esteem is is usually rated higher than the older age groups but things like improving relationships would be higher in the 25 to 40 age group so it's really interesting to see how the different demographics and the different age groups um have different goals coming into the app wow yes so that's very interesting and right now how many how many users are there so we made the switch from like an open beta um, to a paid subscription model last year. Um, we've reached over 1,200 paying users in this time period. 
Um, most of our users are, of course, in the United States, which is our target market. Like I said, 85% women mm. in all age groups. All age groups. Okay. So uh, all you women out there, so download this app and participate. <laughs> Your insights are <laughs> Men valuable. Men can still use it. Men can still use it. They should. They should. Just when, you know, moving forward for women, there would be different types of, you know, of personal personalized activities. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, what are... Okay, you said four, only 4% funding like that. Yeah. This is obviously a challenge. So uh, how are you dealing with this? <laughs> um, so in general, when thinking about like the challenges that we face as a startup, um, we're in a kind of situation where there's a lot of market education that is still required. Um, and especially, you know, when talking about something like happiness, um, some people, you know, even have problem with the premise that happiness is a skill that can be learned and can be practiced. So a lot of times, you know, the conversation becomes like a, a somewhat philosophical discussion about what is happiness. And, you know, that's a challenge, obviously, because if you have a startup that is, you know, helping companies increase their sales or something like that, no one challenges your premise. No one challenges the fact that it is something that you can solve. Um, so, so with happiness, a lot of times you kind of need to be in an extra sales mode and to even convince people that this is a big problem, but that we have tools to solve it. Um, and with a lot of other things that, um, you know, that were kind of, this crazy concept like, you know, Uber mm. or Airbnb, sometimes, um, you know, people don't understand the magnitude of the problem and the, the magnitude of the solution until it's already there. So that's like an added challenge on top of the regular challenges of mm. having a startup. <laughs> yes. Oh, I always hear from founders like um, life of a startup founder. It's um, some, a, a roller coaster. Right. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, how about your co-founder? Okay, uh, who's also a woman. So, how do yeah. you guys like um during the low days, <laughs> super low days? <laughs> do you browse the app and uh, like what have a party? Like yeah, that? absolutely. It's actually funny because I started Happy Things as a single founder, so I started it on my own, and then um, I met Noah. Um, and she, you know, joined at first as like a marketing consultant. Um, and then, you know, we saw that we were working really well together. I felt like she really got it. And I offered her to join as a co as a co-founder as well. And Noah actually comes from the exact like opposite perspective that I have because, or I had, um, of, you know, searching for ways to improve your happiness and exploring it and being on this journey. So she never thought about that. She was like, you know, it was, it, it, it wasn't something that she like ever really considered or, or put effort into. And for her joining happy things was really about the challenge of how can we make happiness something that is accessible, some like a teachable concept. How can we reach millions of people in the world with 
with the with something that is um, kind of groundbreaking, right? You can practice happiness as a skill. Um, and since she joined the company, she kind of like, she transformed. She was like, wow, <laughs> this actually works. I'm like a big fan of, of this whole theory right now. Um, and yeah, it's actually funny because a lot of times, obviously we balance each other out, but you know, last week we were both sick. So we were both kind of like down and we were like, <laughs> okay, at least we match, you know, these are down days next week will be better. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we also do a lot of like other things together. We like go to yoga together and we go to shows together. So we've become really good friends on top of co-founders. Oh, I, I love what you said. Like, okay, uh, at first he's not, she's not a believer, but now she's an advocate. What worked? What worked for her? <laughs> what are some simple stuff that made her change her mind? <laughs> I think I think just the more the more she like um, got acquainted with this theory, with the simplicity of it, you know, with the content that we offer. You know, she does, she does all our marketing. So she, a lot of times like would film herself doing activities. And by doing that, she realized like how good they were and how they actually work. Um, so I think our goal with happy things is to reach two types of populations. Like one is the people who are more like me, who are, who, who are already familiar with this, who are looking for the ways, who are looking for the tools that would help them on their journey. But then there's the other type, like the Noah type, um, which are the more skeptic, maybe cynical. Um, and for them, it would be really interesting to have like that aha moment of like, wow, this actually works. Yeah. How about your, your users? There are other apps out there, right? Mental health apps. Um, where are they from? Um, are they first time users or do they switch apps? So what we've seen from a lot of our users is that they've actually switched. Uh, so um, a lot of them are people who tried, like me, a lot of different apps, um, a lot of meditation apps, you know, um, companies like Calm and Headspace did a really good job at like kind of making wellness equals meditation. So if you want a wellness app, you know, the, the first thing you would think about is meditation. So a lot of people try meditation um, and meditation is a great tool. It's just one tool and it's also not right for everyone and not right all the time. Um, so a lot of people like tried Calm, Headspace, apps like th those and found that it just didn't really work for them as well as other things, because meditation is also something that you kind of need to plan for, right? It's 15, 20 minutes. You mm. need to be in a quiet place, like in a dark room. Um, and most of our users are very like busy on the go women. So students, you know, young professionals, mothers, they don't necessarily have that, you know, 15, 20 minutes every day that they need to plan for. And Happy Things really offers um, a five, a mi like five minutes a day experience that you can do when you're on the bus on the way to work, um, waiting for your coffee at the coffee shop, or even just like, you know, in front of the TV, you know, just browsing different things on your phone. Um, so it's a much more like um, low commitment. But what we're seeing is that that is really what works. We have a really high retention rate. Our users use the app 
on average five times a week. Um, and part of that, every like day. part of the <laughs> almost every day. Yeah. Um, so what, like what makes it work is the fact that it is so simple. Yes. Yes. Like, um, low investment, but high return. Like, exactly. uh, it's exactly, you'll feel good in just five minutes. So just doing simple stuff. You're right. Like sometimes we think happiness is just there, but sometimes you really need to be intentional about it. Right. So exactly. Where are you now in your journey and what's the road ahead? A, a while ago, you mentioned some of the plans. Uh, are, you're, are you fundraising? Um, what's up? <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, like we spoke about, we're at, the, at a very interesting place in our journey because we're, we're focusing on, like, we're starting with this new focus on women. Um, understanding what is required for that and how it kind of changes our, our, our plans. Um, but it's super interesting. And like I said, it, we feel like it's a huge opportunity and there's a huge need for it. So we're really excited and passionate, even though, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Um, and yes, we are fundraising. It is a very difficult time to be fundraising. Um, but again, like with this new focus, with this new target market that we have in mind, we really feel like we're onto something big. Like we could really impact, you know, so many people and, you know, help them live and so many women and help them live happier lives. So it's really motivating, even though it's really hard still. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, uh, I I encountered some founders who said, oh, I've encountered a lot of no's. If I did not, yes. it means my pipeline is lacking. I need to do more. Right. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult time to be fundraising. A lot of um, investors and VCs are kind of taking a step back, you know, kind of waiting to see what happens and waiting to see that other VCs are, you know, going back to investments. Um, so yeah, it is a very difficult time. Um, it makes, you know, the work of the founder and this, mainly the CEO, um, much harder because you do need a much bigger pipeline. You know, if, if before, you know, you could have a hundred investors on your pipeline and get, you know, 10, 20, 30 calls that should have been enough, but now um, investors are much more hesitant. They also, you know, they want to invest at later stages. They want to see more results before that, before they invest. So yeah, it is definitely a difficult time to be fundraising. Okay. But yes, uh, with positivity and uh, good things, <laughs> right? <laughs> In our headspace. Yeah. So yeah. anything is possible. So Yes, it, it's a difficult time. It's a crazy time, especially in Israel. It's not yet, I mean, done. Um, a lot of things happening. So yeah. as a startup founder in a pre-seed mode, pre-seed stage, right? So pre-seed seed, yeah. We're kind of in the middle. Pre-seed seed. Okay. Uh, any advice or anything you want to say and use, uh, what vo I mean, use your voice to share a message? What's that? Yeah, so I think my message is mainly for the women out there who want to be founders. Um, and the message is really just do it. Obviously, it's not easy, but, you know, go ahead and, and try and, and put yourself out there and do it. Um, 
I've wanted to start my own company since I was 12. And it took me about 20 years to actually step out of my comfort zone and actually do it. Um, and women in general tend to take less risks and feel less confident about like taking that step and, and starting their own companies, a lot of imposter syndrome and all that. Um, but studies actually show that companies that are run by women actually perform better. Um, and that's true for any diverse team. So we really need more diverse founders. We need their different voices and their different ideas and their different perspectives because eventually that's what really drives change. Um, and, you know, on a personal note, for me, this journey really has been like no other, like what I've learned in the last few years um, as a startup founder, no other job would have taught me. Um, and it's crazy to think about, you know, me today and me a few years ago and, and the personal development that I went through uh, by doing this. So my message really is if this is something that you're passionate about, if this is something that, you know, you feel like is in you and you want to like explore it, then just do it. <laughs> just do it. That's it. Yeah. Period. Just do exactly. it. <laughs> like well, be smart I about it, you know, talk to people, get the right advisors, you know, get the team and stuff. But, but yeah, but, but do it. Like I was, what held me back for so long was, you know, imposter syndrome and, and fear, fear of failure, fear of, of, you know, of stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, but I am, you know, so happy that I did it. And really it's, it's been like nothing else. Mm, wow. And, uh, I love the, the name happy things <laughs> from the name alone, right? You know, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be happy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, for those who want to know more about this personal happiness assistant or to collaborate or partner with you, how can they reach you? Um, so either on LinkedIn, so it's just Talia. So when I'm guessing the name will appear here in the description, um, you can always shoot me an email. So it's Talia at happythings.app. Um, yeah, those would be the best two ways. Thank you. And of course, Talia. visit our website, you know, download the app. <laughs> yes, download the app. It's a very nice way to start off the, the year. I mean, the new year, right? Be intentional with being Absolutely. happy, right? With just chunks of like little chunks of things, right? Um, thank you very much and all the best. We are going to follow your journey, Talia. Hi, Noah. And I'll look for your profile, see what you've been doing there <laughs> to make me happy everyone happy with just five minutes right thank you very yeah, much and absolutely. all the best thank you thank you this podcast is powered by imops.io optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with imops.io dedicated devops team check out www.imops.io and get a devops team now make sure to check out www.imops.io if you want to know more about us subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video thank you and you have a great day